Hey everyone, we are back for another week of exciting rehearsals. This week we are talking about a new you with Forte Athletics' Daniel Ricardo, and everything else that will be new this marching season. We will also find out what made Stephanie say... Yeah, I would, I would need a Spanx contract like before if I was gonna put on a costume again. I would have to be sponsored by uh, some sort of undergarment company, but... Um, and why Emily said... Hey, funny you mentioned that because when I'm not being a huge band nerd, I am actually in school to be a psychology person. So maybe, maybe that'll be my research thing, who knows? All this and more. So get out on the field and we will see you back on the sidelines for this week's episode of On a Water Break. Eight off the mat and go. Welcome to On a Water Break. The podcast where we talk everything marching arts. Everyone, bring it in. It's time for a water break. Welcome to another episode of season two of On a Water Break, the podcast where we talk about everything you and your friends are talking about at rehearsal on a water break. I'm Jackie Brown. Okay, everybody knows that when we have a new year, it's time to look at ourselves and see what we will renew within ourselves, our families, and our lives. This week, we dive into all the new things that will be happening in the marching arts this year. We also have Daniel from Forte Athletics talking on the sideline to Stephen. So let's see who's on the sideline this week. Hey, Trish. Hi, everyone. I feel like I'm getting to see you more and more lately for some reason. <laughs> and I love it. Me too. Hey, Stephanie. Hello. Happy New Year. Woohoo! And Emily, welcome back. Hello. Oh, gosh. It's 2024 already. All right. Right. Like, when did that happen? Well, okay, so there's several new things that are happening this year in WGI. Let's start there because that's literally right around the corner. Uh, first of all, there's no Pride of Cincinnati this year. Nope. I'm so sad. Me too. They were phenomenal last year. Uh, always I my favorite since even like since I was in high school. Um yeah, I always miss them when they're gone. <laughs> I feel like they took they just took a year off recently though, didn't they? Like twenty one maybe? Yeah, maybe two years ago. It's it's been recent. Um yeah, so you know what though? I will say this. Um I really love that they are like, this is not gonna be a responsible decision for us to build a group this year and we're gonna yes. take a year off. It's like there's some responsibility that goes along with that because I know yep. that we all know programs that, um, you know, get themselves in bad positions because they do come out like it's an expensive activity. Um, and so I always miss them, but I also love that, that they set um, a standard of responsibility for all of us. It's such like, I feel like there's a lot of pressure to just continually have a team and mm -hmm. have a team and have a team every competitive season because you know, our activity, people can be, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to recruit people. And so if you miss a right. year, then you're not going to have as many people the next year. But, but really, you know, if you're put, if you've got a really solid program, that that's not something you're going to have to worry about. And I don't think I right. have to worry about. Let's talk about some of these proposals that they've got. Um, these are, these are past proposals. Like they've mm -hmm. already gone through. Uh, so proposal eight 
So basically, I, I'm lost here. So you're going to have to explain all of this to me and the listeners. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm probably not the the best person to talk about this either. But so basically proposal eight, I'm just going to read. It's like two sentences. It says the board reviewed a proposal to amend the color guard steering committee membership. It was unanimous to approve the proposal. So the committee will now consist of five color guard instructors elected by the advisory board and two adjudicators assigned by the chief judge. Now, the one thing that makes me feel good about this is that, um, that you have five color guard instructors on now on the steering committee. Um, and so I think anytime that you can have color guard instructors along with judges, because we, I mean, that's who's putting the numbers down on the sheet uh, that are even getting you to the review process or wherever you need to be with the steering committee. So I like that it's, they're working together, but you know, WGI has always been so good about, you know, we are run by the people, <laughs> by the right. units, you know, the, the units are the people that are, that are setting, um, you know, that are deciding the future of, of WGI. So I love that it is five color guard instructors that are elected by the advisory board. So they're elected by their, their own self. Um, and then two adjudicators that are assigned by the chief judge. So, um, I just think any time that you can have those two working in conjunction, um, it's going to be a plus. And the steering committee is, it's a pretty, that's a pretty big thing. So I think I was it's, say, what kind of decisions does the steering committee make? Do you know? I'm pretty sure that the steering committee, aren't they the people that um, decide the review process? Remember we had a lot of units that were reviewed and promoted last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I thought it was great. Um, because I mean, we all look at that A and open class groups and we're like, yeah, you're, you should really be in the next class, <laughs> but, but those are the people that are, that are making those decisions. And I thought they did a great job this year, but, or last year, but, um, that's a, so that, I think that's one of the things that they do. So I'm really, I'm excited about that. Um, and then the next proposal was that they increased the maximum number of performers from 40 to 50. Um, and that, um, you know, the only financial increase was the number of medals needed, but, um, and with pride out, I mean, that leaves the slot for somebody else to slide on up there and maybe get one of those medals. Well, that's just it. That's what we were thinking about earlier. Who's our next, who's our next contender to break into Mm -hmm. that top three? Is it a fusion? who came in fourth place last year, right, you know, right down the right. road from me in Northern New Jersey. Is it going to be that? Right. Um, I mean, they're relatively mm-hmm. new to world-class, but they certainly broke in to the top five last yeah, year. Is great. it going to be them? Is it going to be somebody like an Onyx who's certainly mm-hmm. achieved that in their past, you know, could move, you know, bump up, or is it going to be somebody that we're totally not even thinking about right now? You know, some of those mm-hmm. Texas teams and some of those Florida teams, is it going to be somebody like, like mm-hmm. that? I mean, we don't know. I feel like AMP could just sort of crawl out of a hole in the ground and be really creepy and then like win it. <laughs> Wouldn't the and crowd my, go and crazy? My kids, I mean- and my kids would be here for it. They <laughs> would be so sure. here for it. <laughs> Mine too. Mine too. And it's funny because when I look at that proposal from 40 to 50, I'm like, how, like you are literally going to be from 
the first row on each side, like where in the world would you ever put 50 kids on the floor? But you know, not my problem. <laughs> I'm sure somebody <laughs> right. will figure it out. Um, I was at one of our, um, both of my groups competed at one of our local circuit championships last year and they had it. I won't, I won't say who or where or whatever. Um, and <laughs> the facility they had it in was a really small high school gym. And here comes fusion with their ginormous floor. And I guess 40 people last year, that's what they were allowed to have. I never actually counted. Mm -hmm. And those ramps that they had and everything, people were literally standing on their floor because it was, there was just packed. I can't even imagine. Now, once the number goes to 50, are the floors going to get bigger? Uh, is this, is the performance space going to get bigger? How's that going to affect all of this? I mean, you know, now you're hosting a show you know, we've when we've been dealing with this, you know, the last few years in northern New Jersey at my school, your our sharp gym is probably even smaller than the one where that championship was. But now we've been dealing with the last couple of years. There was one year that Fusion did want to come to my show and I had a you know, I had a call them and say, You're not I'm really sorry. We would love to have you, but you're not gonna fit. I, I, mm-hmm. I thank you for reaching out, but you, you're not going to fit. So now with 50 people, are the floors going to get bigger? Is the performance space going to change now? Now you're really limiting the venues that you can perform in. So right. although that was going to be my next question, although it's going to benefit you at go. the end when you get to world championships and all those other events that you're, it's going to benefit you then, but you know, locally competitively, I mean, we're going to do shows. Okay, this this is, might be strange, but just throwing this out there. Historically, has the limit always been 40 or less? I want to say when I marched, it was like 30. 30. But has it always been like- I think it was 30 when I'm, was, yeah, I think it was 30. It was 30 for a really right. long time, and then it went to 40, and now it just went to 50. It's so it's lot. never been more than that, though. That's, wow. I wonder, yeah, I wonder what it's going to look like. Because I just know. how do you move that many people on the floor without looking like you're crowded in the space right more members yeah bring in more revenue bring in more it's true you know follow those dollar bills that's right what about the uh the power regionals yeah that's an exciting that's exciting (laughs) yeah that's exciting from like the normal regionals to the power regionals just for our listeners like what's the difference there the registration fee Uh, they tend to be they tend to be two-day regionals i believe they also um tend to have double judging panels that's what i was gonna Um, say i think it's a double panel mm -hmm. i think that's the biggest thing too yeah um and then i think maybe because they're the two-day regionals uh i think that i I think that i think you have like there's more entry fees because you're going to have it it's going to be Saturday oh yeah Sunday. the fee was or higher. more the units was more units mm-hmm. yeah that there's more units that can perform as well but well, yeah, um, yeah those are the weekends that I come in from my Saturday rehearsal uh whatever time it ends and I just plant myself on the couch with a pizza and <laughs> <laughs> beverage and and I am glued to flow marching um for the whole Saturday night and the entire day Sunday I just I am like just text me I'm just sitting on the couch watching guard 
But I it's going it. to be really exciting because this is the you know this is the first time since COVID that we've had our power regionals back, and I it, I think the kids are going to be really pumped up about it, and I think it's going to be really great. I'm excited. Well, and that like to put that kind of in perspective too, like since we haven't had it since COVID, none of the high school students have like done a WGI where power regionals existed because right they yeah. were all freshmen when COVID happened, and yeah yeah. yeah. Now they're seniors and they're like, wait a minute, what is this new thing, this power regional thing? Right. That's right. true. It's so much. It doesn't, in some ways it seems like COVID, which I guess was, we're coming on four years ago, seems like it was kind of yesterday. And then other times when you think it's, there's a whole class of high school kids that yeah. it just seems like, oh my gosh, what you, like you were a baby the last time we had a power regional. Like I never even thought about it like that. I've been getting kids uh, in at the Macy's band who weren't born when September 11th happened. Oh my God. It's crazy. And it was oh. like, wait a minute. Oh wait, Shoot. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot how old this was. Cause you know, we're being in New York and we talk about the world trade center or we like go tour or whatever, but right. it's like, Oh, you weren't even alive when this event crazy. occurred. Jackie, oh, did you just wow. date yourself? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, so the biggest news probably concerning WGI though, is this 6140 downstairs captions situation, which another thing that I don't fully understand what's going on here myself, but it's a judging difference now. Yeah. So that's going to change, um, how it's scored and it seems to be giving more emphasis on the downstairs captions and, you know, for our younger units, like, you know, me being in Scholastic A, the training and um, all that kind of stuff, which I think, I think is really great. I think it's really important that whatever level you're on, if you're on um, the regional A, I, it might be regional A as well, but um, it probably, you know, definitely is A class. But I mean, I think that's really important. I mean, I tell my kids all the time, you know, when it's like, we're going to do basics and it's like, oh. But I was like, you need basics. You have to. It's so important. It's so important so that you can move on to the amps and the fusions of the world. You have to have a good, solid foundation. And I think demonstrate putting an emphasis on that forces everybody to really, really dive into their basics and their training. And it takes it. It takes it away from, you know, these kids want to do these tricks before they're really ready for it. And. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say is these kids that walk in and they cannot do a drop spin, but they can do a double 45 sit turn. It's crazy nuts to me. Yeah. To me, there's still nothing better than an ensemble that can do eight drop spins together. To me, it just makes my heart pitter pat. Yeah. 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 I'm really happy to see it going back to that. Me too. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, you know, it's kind of going back to the roots a little bit of like, you know, it, it is about technique and it is about training and um, maybe I'm dating myself as well. But to me, like those groups that are well trained versus well rehearsed are the most impressive groups to me. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy about it. Yeah, it's really great. And I always say to my kids, too, even in marching band season, if they hate the show, but they tell me your kids are really well trained. I'm good. Good. Mm hmm. You know, so right. it's highest compliment. Yes, absolutely. Well, <laughs> speaking of outdoor, 
Uh, what about the DCI All Age? Do we have any updates on that? To be honest with you, I have heard a lot. Um, I know I have a bunch of kids a bunch, meaning two or three, working with me. <laughs> I know, right? That's, um, a bunch. That's more than I have. <laughs> um, working with me, you know, with my teams that performed at a DCA core last year that surprisingly are kind of on the fence about returning next summer because oh. they're going to have to travel to India now. It's more money and it's this and it's that. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to bring it to them that like, but you're going to perform at TCIs. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really, I mean, I've heard mixed things that, you know, it seems to be like just, just scuttlebutt that I've heard. It seems to be like <laughs> the people who can no longer do DCI open a world tend to be more interested than the ones who like that, you know, already there. And already, it seems to be like, oh, I could go back, but, and I could perform at TCIs. Hmm, maybe I should consider that, you know? So there's kind of like, I don't want to say, I don't want to say an older crowd, but like kind of seems to be more interested from, it seems to be more interest from that end than from the younger crowd that just performed DCA last summer. They're kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do it. It's more money. It's more travel. It's this, it's that. Yeah. So I don't know. An interesting one. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know too much about it, but what I do know is that there is a new drum corps in Idaho. I think they're called the Boise Gems. And oh, yep. I think as of right now, they're all age, but I'm not actually sure if that's going to stay like that. It'd be nice to have a DCA up in the Northwest where I'm from, where there's kind of just like yeah, a slight void in the marching arts, but... right. Right. No, that'd yeah, be awesome. I, I've never lived in an area that had a DCA core nearby. Me neither. And I mean, to be completely honest, I'm not sure I've ever seen a DCA core perform live. I've obviously seen them on video, but uh, and YouTube over the years, but never live. So as an audience member, I'm really excited about learning uh, more about it. Um, but I do know from friends that have marched DCA that you know, they kind of have their own little special thing. Um, and I hope that they're able to combine the integrity of, um, you know, what they've always had and what makes their DCA core so special with and combining it with this new tour right. thing. Like, I hope it's not, I hope that the added expense and the added travel is not the end of DCA as it's been, um, because there are, there are a lot of people that really, you know, that's their thing. So um, but as an audience member, I'm super excited to get to experience yeah. it and see what it's all about. As a former performer, would you consider going to a DCA group and being a performer again for the summer for the chance to perform like at Lucas Oil? So No. I'm like hobbling out with all my weight on the floor cart after a four hour rehearsal where I'm teaching and you know, whatever. So my time has come and gone as a performer, but I, yeah, that's, that's just my, that's me. That's just if me. I were younger, 1000%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. But ain't nobody you know, trying to see years anybody ago. my age out there, but, uh, mm -mm. Uh, mm -mm. If I were younger, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, I would. I would need a Spanx contract. 
like before <laughs> if I was going to put on a costume again. I would have to be sponsored by uh, some sort of undergarment company. But, um, but I mean, I'm glad that option exists for people. As someone who never got to perform in DCI or anything, I was always yield, you know, audience member. The prospect of DCA seems actually really interesting because, of course, five years after the fact that I age out of eligible cores, it's just like, oh, now I learned the correct instrument, baritone for context. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, like, that's one of those things, though. I, but but I will say you aged out. You would have aged out five years ago. And we're kind of talking about there's there is such a difference of like those people who are just aging out, not wanting to like continue. I, I kind of feel like that's a little bit of that, like burnout happens, you know, you, you march and you march, you march, you go to world championships and yeah. And then you're like, OK, I aged out. I am tired. I am done. So, yeah, it's interesting. Uh but hey, maybe some people will come back after their little hiatus. Like SCV is back now from their hiatus. How is that going to shake up our, our DCI lineup, you think? It's funny because we just talked about Pride of Cincinnati and how they can take a year off and come back and just kind of seem like they didn't skip a beat. Uh, no pun intended. It will be interesting to see if a drum corps can do the same thing. I think I yeah. think all, kind of all eyes will be on them to see um, just to kind of to see how that how that goes. Funny thing, I, I guess about that. The flip side of it is, I think everybody's pulling for them. Great job, everyone! Set your equipment down. Gush and go. All right, that sound means it is time for our gush and goes. So, Trish, why don't you start us off? What do you want to gush and go on about this week? As we're talking about Winter Guard season kicking off, um. The main preview show up in our area is, brace yourself, next Saturday, the 13th. So it's really just like a fun day where everybody just kind of goes out and does their show and gets an evaluation. It's not scored and whatever. But, you know, today, you know, of course we know, we see it on the calendar. We start doing the paperwork and everything. But today, kind of like, it kind of hit real. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, we are going next Saturday. So I'm really excited. I'm also nervous, but I'm really excited. You know, my, my both teams are going to be going. My high school team, Northern Valley High School, and my independent team, Envy. Get it, Envy? It sounds like Northern Valley, Envy. Um, so they'll both be going, and both of them are in completely different predicaments. One is super competitive. One is just kind of like an alumni group. The kids just getting together and doing it and whatever. But so we're come, approaching it from two different angles. And today it became real. Today it became real. Like people texting me and calling me, are you doing this? What do you, you know, um, you know, what, you know, what are you doing about the other team? Well, I was like, Oh wow, this really is happening next Saturday. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. I'm super, I'm really looking forward to it. I know the kids are as well. So, and, and I got a notification that my high school team's costumes were shipping. So hopefully we'll even have those. So good stuff all along that's amazing yeah 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 so <laughs> super <laughs> so exciting yeah stephanie what do you want to gush about so i um got to talk with jeremy and my whole family we did a, an episode that'll come up um here in a couple of weeks uh, with my whole family over christmas break and so 
something that we have been talking about for a long time is starting some family episodes on a water break. And so I've been working on that. And uh, I am so excited that we have some really cool people in our marching arts that are uh, kind of all live under the same roof or have lived under the same roof. And so I'm super excited to get to bring those to you in 2024. So if you know someone uh, that you think that our listeners would love to hear from, drop me a line or send it in and let Jeremy know. Um, and we will we will talk to them and see if we can get them scheduled so that we can all hear what's going on um, family style. So like with this family style setup, you guys are doing like like people who are related to each other and in the marching arts and like people who pass it That's down right. generations. You, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool hearing uh, just kind of how some legacies were formed and, and maybe... Um, you know, just what's coming up in the future and how they took lessons from their parents and passed it, passed it along and some brother sister relationships. It's just, it's very cool. So I can't wait for you all to hear. Oh, that's so cool. I always wish I could march with my sister. Like I taught her for a while and yeah, we were just, we were too far apart in age to ever actually be on a performing team together. <laughs> yeah. Now she's on the other side of the world. So, I mean, what do you do? Yes, <laughs> that's right. Well, you'll hear a little bit of that with the episode that Jeremy did with my kids. They obviously did high school band together, but are they doing college band together now? And so they touch on that a little bit about that uh, sibling relationship. I love that. Your son, I heard, didn't want to like march at first he (laughs) he did not we tried and kind of made conscious decisions my husband and I when my kids were um you know when they were small that this is this activity was something that we would not ever force them to be in um but they did have to do it one time they had to do one year and so they did um they did middle school band kind of with you know that was no big deal. Um, but then when it came time to do high school band, um, my son was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and, uh, it was, uh, it was kind of like a cartoon, like the world, um, stopped spinning and it lost all of its color for <laughs> about 30 seconds. And so anyway, we, but we, uh, we came to the, you know, the thing was you have to try it one time. And if you do not like it, you never have to do it again. But, um, you know, and we all know because we're in this activity that especially when you're making that transition from junior high to high school, um, that is where you meet your friends and you meet your friends and you get to be in the school before school starts during your summer band at band camp and you learn the lay of the land. And uh, there's some good life lessons that come that are far more reaching than playing your instrument and bringing home a trophy. Um, but anyway, it didn't take long. It was before school started. Um, you know, when I picked up one day and he got in the car and he was like, yeah, I actually do think I kind of love this. <laughs> so oh. Never looked back <laughs> yeah. from there. That's but, great. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. But you know, well, just, gonna, sometimes you got to get in there. I'm going to pull it from you since you're at rehearsal. I can hear in the background. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm still at the school. Uh, Emily, what do you want to gush about this week? Ah, yes, my gush. So I don't know how many of y'all follow college football, but my school was one of the schools that's going to play in the national championships this week. Yes. I'm so excited. That is awesome. That's so cool. So wait, when you get to play, like, do you do like your halftime show? Or just like, oh, 
So like, I don't understand how this works. I'm learning a whole new education this week. <laughs> oh, so let me explain something to you. So just for clarity, I'm actually an alumni of the band program. I am no longer mm-hmm. in the band. Darn. But anyway, <laughs> that's why alumni band exists. But um, bands who travel to the national championship do get to perform at halftime. So the two okay. schools that are going are Michigan and, of course, my school, Washington. So it'll be really okay. cool. It's going to be double cool because both bands are high-stuffing bands, kind of like, you know, Ohio State and that oh, sort of thing. Oh, nice. Go dogs! That's awesome. And they're here in my town. They're here in Houston, oh, which will be really right. fun. There's a lot of stuff downtown, um, you know, that's free for this weekend that families can go down and, you know, you can take pictures of the trophy and, and that type of thing. But oh, really? Houston is is so excited and ready to welcome Michigan and Washington. Oh, well, looking forward to it. Uh, I need to do a self gush for a moment because I, uh, anybody who's been listening to the podcast for very long probably knows I'm a new mom and uh, new as in like two years ago, but still it feels like he was just born yesterday. So, Um, (laughs) and I am participating in the Blue Stars Alumni Band this summer. Alumni Corps. Whoa, what am I even saying? Yeah. So one of the things that I had to like figure out how I'm going to do, what I'm going to do is like, I have to get back into like performance shape because it's been almost 20 years since I marched. I was just realizing this the other day is like, how has it been so long? Uh, so yeah, anyway, my gosh is that one of the things I'm doing to like push myself back into working out constantly and, and getting back into performance shape is a yoga challenge. So if you guys follow me on my Instagram, you've probably seen my daily posts about doing yoga each day. And like my toddler is doing yoga with me, which makes it extra challenging. (laughs) So I am getting back in shape and I'm just very excited because I have made it every single day so far this year and don't at me that the year is only a week long so far i'm gonna i'm gonna make it <laughs> i'm very excited hey, that's great it's called gush and go not gush and stay let's go all right everybody it is time to get a good stretch in with daniel from forte athletics get back on the field Hey, this is Christine Ream and Chris Green. Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres. We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Our consignment inventory has plenty of great looks for your color guard, drumline, and marching band. Pay it forward. When you purchase consignment, you help other programs. Last year, we sold over 400 sets of consignments and returned over $125,000 in payments to our consigners for their sales. Additionally, Guard Closet offers custom and pre-designed costumes, flags, floors, and formal wear, full or partial show writing, educational programming, and other services. Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment. The Guard Closet team is here to help you get everything you want and need for your season. Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media.
All right, everyone, we are back, and I've got a very special guest here with me today. I have Daniel Recoder from uh, Forte Athletics. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's really cool. You uh, you do a lot of different kind of education and health stuff in the marching arts. Um, for our listeners that don't know, I'm sure you'll get to hear much more in a moment. But before we get going with that, could you catch our listeners up to speed with your 32 count life story? Let's do it. All right. You'll get eight and in off the mat. Good. So I am a marching fitness professional who really struggled a lot in drum corps and marching band. Like it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I used to be the last person to finish runs. The last person to finish any type of physical training. And over time, I learned how to start exercising, training. And nice. now I create fitness programs to help people succeed in marching band and drum corps. Awesome. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you brought yourself right in time. Yep, 32 counts. You nailed it. Cool. So let's... Let's break it down a little bit more. You said you started in band yourself before you got more into the like uh, athletics and health and wellness side of things. Bring us down your road a little bit just as a performer to maybe give some more context to your career. Started on quads my freshman year of high school. That's okay. It all makes sense now. This is why you needed to become a fitness expert. All right, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was so hard. And I, there was multiple days where I just wanted to quit because like mm -hmm. my back, I'd never experienced any type of back pain like that before. Oh, yeah. And, you know, my dad convinced me to just stick it out this season, even though I'm in his car crying, asking to quit. He's like, Dude, this is so out. relatable. This is so <laughs> relatable, except I was such a wimp that for me, it was a 16 inch bass drum instead of a set of quads. It was just <laughs> a tiny little 16 inch <laughs> drum. But I remember I wanted to quit and my parents were like, you can't quit. You have to at least see through the season. Yes. And so yes. now I blame them anytime they want to ask why I'm so deeply involved and still doing all this stuff. It's your fault. I tried to quit Same. when I was 13. <laughs> same same so that's where i started and it was just it was always hard um but that's just where i ended up and i fell in love with it and then eventually one of my friends convinced me to do drum corps okay and i i tried out for uh, blue devils b corps all right and i didn't do a single squat never did a crunch i could barely run a lap around my neighborhood which is about a half mile and I just got thrown into the fire with these deep shell dynasty quads. Oh, not the dynasties. <laughs> I know. And nobody prepared me for what was going to happen. And it knocked me on my butt. Okay. But you did make the Blue Devils B when you went out for yes. it? Yes. Yes. That's nice. I did. Okay. And that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I... And could imagine. I always feel like your first couple, like your first season of drum corps or your first season of marching band is so hard because the muscles aren't developed yet. Yeah. And you have no idea what to expect. Exactly. And especially for many, like many kids, because it's a young person activity, especially at like high school level. Many mm. of the times you haven't done anything physical up until that point mm. in your life. This is the first real difficult physical thing anyone's asking you to do. Were you from California or did you travel out to California for a BDB? 
Um, I live in the Bay Area, and I okay. always have. And um, BDB was about a 50-minute drive away from me. Oh, that's nice. I didn't... So BDB is up closer to, like, San Francisco and Oakland? Than... Yeah, it's a little little north of there. Wow. In Concord. Okay. Yeah, I huh. actually live For in some between... reason... I live in between Concord and Santa Clara. Wow. So we got BD up there. We got Vanguard down there. See, that's me just uh, being bad at geography, I guess. I always assumed that like Vanguard is from the uh, like San Francisco Bay Area and that BD is from Southern California, but I'm just wrong, I mm. guess. <laughs> yeah, they're both from the Bay Area. Wow. Okay. So, so the, are there no drum corps in Southern California then? Oh, there are. You got Pacific Crest down there. Oh, okay. Um, Impulse. Oh, there's another one down there. Gold. Gold is from... Okay, all right. Yeah, I, I definitely had myself tripped up then. I mean, I know there's so many drum lines out in that part of the country. Um, I assumed that BD was there too, but a little bit off. Anyway, though, you started with BDB. Definitely that was kind of your... <laughs> coming of age experience it sounds like with that set of dynasty quads how how were you able to like rise to that challenge and did that do anything to like set you on the path that you're on today well i have this very distinct memory of like our first rehearsal where we had to do pt and mm -hmm. the objective was to run 10 laps around the basketball gym just run 10 laps around the gym yeah. And and they were like, but don't skimp on any laps. We're counting all of them. And so within the first three laps, probably, I'm already getting overlapped by everybody. Mm. And mm -hmm. it reached the point where I'm on like lap seven or eight and everyone is done and they're just waiting for me. And it was yeah. just, for me at that time, it was so embarrassing to to feel like I'm that far behind everybody. Mm -hmm. and yeah, it can definitely feel that way. I think that that would probably be relatable for a lot of students in drum corps, having that yeah. sort of an experience. Yeah, like this thing is just starting out and I'm already this far behind. Like it, it planted this seed in my head that I need to catch up or I'm going to get left behind. Okay. And right. so when, when the going got tough, which it did very quickly for me, um, I had to make the choice to keep going. Mm -hmm. and it's almost like I can't let my teammates down. This for yeah. myself is for the team. And I quickly Absolutely. realized that no one cares if I'm tired. Everyone's tired. Mm -hmm. Everyone's tired, but everyone's showing up. And eventually, you know, fast forward to like June, there's a super hot rehearsal where the staff says we're going to we're going to work our endurance today. We're going to do a run of the closer and then set your equipment down and run a lap and then take the equipment up, do another run of the closer, then set it down, run a lap. We did that three times. Ew. And, <laughs> you know, we're going, and on top of that, I had blisters on my toes that were like, they had oh, already popped. Yeah. So they're all raw. <laughs> yeah, there's there's levels to the blisters at drum yes. corps. Once once the blisters themselves have been defeated, that's when you know that you're really beaten down, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like they already popped. So I'm running, I'm already in pain. And by the time we finished 
the our final run around the field, we pick up the drums. I can't even feel my legs at all. Mm-hmm. And like, I want to go sit out. I want to stop, but no one else is going to do that. Yeah. And I right. can't, I can't just be the only one. It's like, all right, peace out. Like I need to be there with everybody. Everyone there is suffering or as I like to say now, everyone there is getting stronger. <laughs> Yep. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So nobody suffers. Go, we just get stronger. I like that. Right. <laughs> right. So about halfway through that rev of the closer, I experienced this, this bizarre phenomenon where I could not physically keep my feet in time. I, and I knew they were out of time. I, my mm-hmm. brain knew your feet are slow, move them faster and I'm trying, but they can't keep up with the tempo. And I never experienced that before. And I'm just giving everything I have to just finish the rep. Yeah, right. Just finish the rep. I got tears coming down my face. <laughs> and then <laughs> eventually it finishes. And I could see that everybody was in shock. But, you know, they told us it's times like this where we need to learn how to dig deep to discover how much fuel we have in our tank. And we got to take our bar. We got to push it further mm-hmm. away. and. It's a very valuable life lesson to learn, especially at a young age like that. I was 19. Yeah. Um, to realize that you always have more in you than you ever believed. But you, you have to put yourself in a situation that challenges you in order for you to truly discover what you're capable of. Right. It's, it's the same concept I talk to my own students a lot about musically. is like being comfortable being uncomfortable. Like if you mm-hmm. just get the book and you can do it. That's not a good thing. You should mm-hmm. you should be in places where you're uncomfortable and then you as a person need to figure out how you're comfortable with that. Many of the people in band, I think, understand that concept for getting better at their instrument. I think that mm-hmm. it's a little more lost when you apply that concept towards physicality and muscle development. Just because it sucks, it hurts. It doesn't yeah. feel good to be at like the uh, exhaustion point, which... Uh, that's what it, it sounded to me a lot like. It sounded like the rep literally pushed you to exhaustion, almost like you're at the gym and you're trying to reach your exhaustion point on like a a set of lifts or something like that. Yeah, it was a rep that trained to failure. And yes. I knew I was yeah, failing, went to failure. but I couldn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, though. The staff knew, too, that they were pushing you guys towards failure. That's That's maybe yeah. something that the students don't realize a lot of the time, too, when they're being asked to do PT. It's like, as your instructor, I, I know if I'm asking you to do something that's like crazy hard, you're probably not going to like be great at that. It's usually because that difficult process of being uncomfortable, of pushing your body beyond the limits you thought you had, that's what's going to make you grow and get better. Mm-hmm. It's the only way. So that I imagine it sounds like that experience is kind of like the foundation or the inspiration for the business that you run today. Am I correct, correct in thinking that? Yes. Like when I think about everything that could have helped me prepare for that first season of drum corps, a training program, yeah. some sort <laughs> of like education, none of that mm-hmm. existed back then in 2000, 2009. Okay. Yeah. None of Nothing that like that existed. <laughs> no. Nah, like I wanted to, to exercise and get in shape for it. Like I had that want in my head. But because yeah. there was no clear plan and no guidance, I just didn't do anything. Right. 
So that's where you come in, in the year 2023. Mm-hmm. What, what are you, what sort of, I, this is a very broad question, I guess, because on one hand, your business itself, I'm sure offers a lot of specific, you know, workout programs, clinics, gear, and things like that, that helps people train. And on a more general sense, you have a lot of knowledge and information you could share with folks on how they can best prepare. What does Forte Athletics do today to try to help a student who's maybe like like Daniel at BDB in 2009? Mm-hmm. So the first goal is to help educate the community. So mm-hmm. we do that by making YouTube videos that are targeted towards like the performing member, but also educational videos for the staff and instructors. Because I think it's important. It's important for the staff to know that understand the risks involved with this activity. And if they want to push the envelope, they need to help the members prepare for that. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we come in to say like, you want to push the envelope we want to help your performers have the physical capability of doing that without getting hurt. Yeah. But the only way to get there is if they're training and particularly in the drum corps setting, you know, day one happens and you hit the ground running. It is high in, high intensity, long duration. And if people are just, a lot of them are students, they're sitting at a desk, sitting, doing homework, sitting, doing blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're, joints and their tendons their ligaments they're not used to that kind of stress right and so as and soon as you hit the ground running like that recipe for overuse injuries and once it happens even, it, yeah once it happens it, it's it's not going to bounce back exactly the same way at nah. least without lots of training and, and stuff like that but i'd even go a step further on the student thing and say like you know me and many of my friends it's it's not like we were sports kids like we were band kids mm-hmm. <laughs> we uh many of the students that get into this, I don't think realize how much of an athletic thing they are signing themselves up for, you know, even just at the high school level, it it can get pretty athletic. But especially if you try to take that step beyond, it's like now you're, you're signing up to be an endurance athlete, like, Mm -hmm. uh, and you probably don't come from a cross country background if you play, (laughs) you know, in the drum line or something like that, you know, maybe you do, but most of us don't. Are there certain groupings of exercises like like cardio compared to strength or muscle groups, perhaps, that you think are the most important for training someone to be uh, a boss at marching, as I think I saw on the Forte mm-hmm. Athletics website? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on that note, there's this study that was done and it was published by the American Academy of Pediatrics mm. that that measure sources i like this. yeah nice <laughs> I, I just i just made a video on this so it's fresh in my mind mm-hmm. um, it measured the amount of reported marching band injuries between 2012 and 2021 mm. during that time frame there was 20,335 injuries reported from marching band and i think like 80 percent of those were from the high school demographic Okay, I think that's the largest number. Yeah, that's there's a lot of high school marching bands out there, so that makes sense, like volume wise. But 
Yeah, Continue. and that's just the ones that were reported. You know, how many right. drum corps injuries don't get reported? Most of them. Exactly, <laughs> most of them. And so within that study, it also identifies the common areas that were injured, like what parts were injured the most. And the knee and the ankle mm. were the two most injured body parts with the spine in a close third. So if mm. we look at that data, the most important exercises to train are exercises that support the knee, the ankle, and the spine. Yeah. Because like if we can strengthen those areas, it's going to help the body move better, move more efficiently, and like withstand the weight of marching with equipment on. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get specific exercises, something like uh, a clamshell. If oh, anyone's that? familiar with a clamshell, it's where you lie on your side, your legs bent, and then you raise one knee up, and they bring it down. Okay. It looks like this. I'm doing it yeah. with my arms, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I get I get it. I've seen that one. I know what yeah, you're talking or, about. Or you can simply just lie down on your side with your leg straight and lift your leg up to the yeah. sky and slowly lower it down. That muscle's on the outside right. of the hip. Um, exercises like that, something like heel raises, that can be done yeah. anywhere. And my for the spine, the the most important exercise that I'm preaching everywhere is the hollow body. The hollow body okay. hold is it's like you're on your back. You're on your back and you are training your lower abdomen, the one that connects down at the pelvis. Okay. And you just keep your back flat to the ground and you straighten one leg out. And if your muscle's engaged, you'll hold it. If your abs disengage, your back will arch off the floor. Yeah. My back arches off the floor. <laughs> uh -huh. So I, I love that exercise because you can scale it to any experience level. Like at the rehab clinic I used to work at, I would do the exercise with patients. Mm -hmm. But rather than extending the legs, they just keep their knees bent, legs tucked. And you just yeah. hold that. And then when they're ready, just slide one leg out and then pull it back. Slide it out, pull it back. So if somebody's a complete beginner, they can do that exercise. If they're a super advanced athlete, there's a variation for them. Hands overhead, both legs out, hold the weight if you want. Yeah, right. Yeah. You can scale all types of body weight exercises up way more than I think people like will give credit to body weight exercises for. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's an advantage to like being in the gym and using equipment if you were training for drum corps or doing body weight? Because here, you go ahead. But I could imagine maybe that like, you might want to do body weight exercises because a lot of doing drum corps is moving your body weight. But mm -hmm. tell me what you think. So I personally believe that a blend of both would be ideal. Mm -hmm. But but knowing that demographic and knowing how I was when I was in that demographic, the college age right. range, mm -hmm. um, I didn't go to the gym. I didn't yeah. go to a gym until I was 24 years old. Right. And... <laughs> I haven't gone I, since I was 24, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> but I would work out at home because that's where I felt comfortable. Right. And so I think what's very special and unique about our programs is that we cater to both demographics, people that want to work out at home and people that want to work out at the gym. And within those two demographics, there's a broad spectrum of experience levels. 
Some people want to work out at home, and this is the first time they're exercising in three years. Right. Some people okay. also want to work out at home, and they've been doing it for four years. And so yeah, right. our, our programs provide variations that target the same muscle, just at different intensities, so that people can choose. Am I a beginner, intermediate, or advanced? They, you just got to pick one. You know, where are you today? Yeah, and right. Whatever it is, it just has to challenge them appropriately because it's not a one size fits all approach. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a lot of thought, and there's a lot of time that goes into crafting something that can cater to as many people as possible. Yeah, so, it sounds yeah. like a really excellent resource, man. It even sounds like something for people who are aged out. Like, say you're an instructor. A lot of our listening demographic is instructors and band directors. There's a lot of resources out there to help your students, it sounds like. I would love to hear a little Mm -hmm. bit more about that in in a second. But even as an instructor, I feel like I might benefit from going and taking a look at like the beginning, intermediate level at home workouts on your page, too, just because I haven't been in the gym since I was 24, like I said. Mm -hmm. So like. There's probably a lot out there that would be just holistically beneficial for all of the listeners, not just people that are marching right now. Yeah. But but before we wrap up, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what resources you have for staff who are looking, you know, to help train their own students to be better marchers? Yeah. So we have many different programs that can help the students and they're designed to be performed at different seasons. Our biggest one that we've launched is called Marching Band Bootcamp 2. And okay. it is a it's a four week follow along workout program to help students train during the summer. So that way when they show up to band camp, they've yeah. been moving. No, that and, seems like it'd be so beneficial. Yeah, yeah, it's a great resource and it's totally free. 100% free. Nice. And all the workouts are I think 20 minutes long in there. So it's not too long, but like they're moving for 20 minutes. Yeah. And so I'll follow maybe, along no equipment. That's that's a question I actually had a little bit. What types of workouts do you think are best? Because I used to think that like HIIT workouts made the most sense in like a direct application to what band is asking you to do. Like Mm -hmm. if you're being asked to do some explosive movement and then get to a hold, or even if it's just a more explosive move and then a smaller one that's not as hard for you, but 15 seconds later, there's another harder one coming. Mm -hmm. I, as I worked my way through my marching career, felt like a HIIT workout was probably the best thing that you could be doing to like really directly train for your show. Mm -hmm. What, what's your perspective on that? Uh, I'm all for hit training. Um, Our, our drum corps programs this year are in the style of every minute on the minute. Okay. So you just, you just set a timer and if you're a beginner, you're doing 20 seconds. If you're intermediate, 30 seconds, advanced 40 seconds. Okay. You do, do your work period and then you rest. That, that type of interval training is, mm-hmm. is very efficient, which is important for busy people. Right. And yeah. it's also super effective because it gets you sweating. It gets your heart rate up. You're never just like sitting around 
for a minute. You're sitting down for like a small window of time and then you yeah. go again. And we keep the the workout selection simple. It's like three or four exercises. That's the circuit. Because the more complex it is, the harder it is for people to follow and do. Totally. You gotta, you yeah. gotta keep it simple. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That sounds like me when I'm like at the gym back in the day and I'm trying to like keep track of these different weights on this day and I've pushed my max here and I've mm-hmm. done I've done this other set of after a while it just became too much and I didn't keep up with it because I didn't give myself a system that's easy enough to follow. So I think that's yeah. wise having the a good plan. straightforward plan. Mhm. And that's you know good. with that said for my own personal training I'll probably do one or two hit workouts a week, but mm-hmm. I I enjoy doing the strength training yeah. at the gym or mm-hmm. like on some gymnastics rings. Okay. Um, I, I enjoy that. It's not the most time efficient. It'll take me about 50 minutes to an hour to complete my workout, mm-hmm. but it it satisfies me. Right. And, you know, yeah. How I train is not necessarily how the drum corps demographic needs to train right now. <laughs> yeah. I'd imagine you guys have different goals. You're working towards yeah. different. <laughs> I'm not going to be on the field. If you will. <laughs> yeah. I'm not marching. I'm not holding quads no more. You don't want to go do all age. You could get right back in there, man. <laughs> no, I have made it very clear that I'm done carrying quads. <laughs> yeah. I think that's for the best. I feel I'm like... not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, like I there needs school. to be an age out of quad drumming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes like when I demonstrate something for the quads, I'll put the drums on and um, mm-hmm. it reminds me of how crazy that weight is. Yeah. Hold yep. For that long, I'm like, man, I feel so bad for you. <laughs> and it's so funny. It's so funny to me. Like the biggest drum I ever marched, I got so lucky. I was always just playing bass one or bass two. So the biggest mm-hmm. drum I ever marched was a 22 inch drum. I will walk into teaching a high school and for a freshman's first day, put him on a drum that's bigger than any drum I've ever played. <laughs> like, <laughs> welcome to marching band, kiddo. Here's a 28 yes. inch bass drum. Yes. You're going to wear it. <laughs> that happens. Yeah. That's like, like it's that's exactly what you were talking about as your origin story almost is showing up yeah. there and then just kind of getting thrown into the fire of like, well, I need to be more fit. Yeah, and I think that us instructors and directors were aware of what we're doing when we're putting this heavy equipment on them. And there's this level, this this voice in our head that kind of feels bad. Mm-hmm. For this it student. does. <laughs> like, even for me, I feel bad that this kid has to wear quads and he's 14 years old. But at the same time, this is what they want to do. No one's making them do this. And, you know, the best thing we can offer that student is a fitness program to help them handle their equipment better. Right. I agree. Yeah. I think that's not usually the perspective that instructors have. They're not thinking too hard about how, to an extent, it's our responsibility just as much as it's our responsibility to teach the music it's mm-hmm. it's our responsibility to make sure you actually can do what we're asking you to do physically. You know, we shouldn't just shoulder that on a 14-year-old and expect him to go whip himself into shape so that he's good at his show. Yeah, that's Might not going to happen. Might be a time where 
where it's good to get back into that like old school mindset a little bit, embrace a little bit of PT, but do it in a way that's intelligent and, and based off some science rather than just just sending you. I, I've definitely had some instructors on the East Coast that will just give you some brutal, <laughs> mm-hmm. brutal PT. And it needs to be applicable not, to them. Yeah, it. that's why it's a good thing that there's good resources where can our listeners find these resources that you have available? Um, that way they can help their students. Yeah. So if you go to forteathletics.net slash programs, you'll see all of our programs uh, laid out on there. And the one I referred to earlier is called Marching Band Bootcamp 2. Okay. And that one that one is 100% free and does not require any equipment. Nice. And Full body weight, cool fully free. Yeah, and during the summer, uh, when it's supposed to be used during the summer, I will um, export all of the workout tracking data so that instructors can see which students are participating and how well mm-hmm. they are participating. This is the accountability okay. factor to it. So that that is a uh, that's a big deal. It's not just that you're telling people what workouts to do; it's also that you have a set of infrastructure of some type to to help make sure that students are actually keeping up with the assignment mm-hmm. and, and completing the workouts. Correct. That's good. That's that's the real value at. I mean, that's not the real value. You, there's a lot of value in a lot of different aspects of what you bring. But that that's a big thing that I'm glad that we touched on here at the end. So mm-hmm. Forte Athletics, did you say dot net? Yeah. net slash programs. Perfect. And then where could they find you on social media? Social media, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook at Forte.Athletics. Awesome. Well, Daniel, it's been really good having you on the show, man. Um, Really interesting getting to hear all this like health and wellness stuff from from an actual professional. Because normally it's just a bunch of drummers just like acting like David Goggins or something, just like being like, yeah, we need to work harder. And yeah. there's, there's not as much good thought behind it as it as it feels like you and your business puts forward. So it's a great resource. Uh, everybody listening should go check it out. And thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate you. All right. Well, Daniel is about to uh, go get started with a PT block back there on the field. So uh, let's all get back out there. Not me because I'm the instructor, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll be with you in a bit. Thank you so much to Stephen for grabbing Daniel from Forte Athletics. Our activity is growing at an exponential rate as it relates to athleticism. We're very lucky to have organizations like Forte to really be examining what we are as marching arts people. We really, really need to keep our bodies in shape. Uh, Somebody needs to start a psychology study of what it's like to be in such an athletic and also performance activity, because I feel like no one out there is dealing with the level of commitment to the character or story while simultaneously having to be a decathlon athlete quite the way that we are doing in the marching arts. Hey, funny you mentioned that because when I'm not being a huge band nerd, I am actually in school to be a psychology person. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that'll be my research thing. Who knows? So Emily, I've got a million dollar idea for you. Let's talk. Okay. <laughs>
All right, now I have to totally switch the topic because there is a growing issue on social media that I think is really, really important for us to understand. And it is color guard spam accounts. Spam accounts in general. I don't want people to think that this is just something that only happens in color guard or only happens in marching band. Um, Like there's two sides to this. And the thing that's frustrating me right now is that there's an illegal component that is occurring that is taking people's content without their permission and using it to make money. Okay. So kind of just so some people understand what's going on here with the spam accounts, a spam account is basically an account where you take other people's content that you did not necessarily create and you post it. So like if you were a, a color guard spam account, you would be taking the content from you might take my content, you might take content from Pride of Cincinnati, you might take content from um, just some random Stephanie who's in her backyard spinning her flag, and you will post all this content on your account. Now, on the one hand, like, if you are posting that, and you're also linking to those people's profiles, so that you can share, like, share the love and get them more exposure or whatever, more followers awesome. That's great. Uh, We love sharing color guard and we love giving credit back to the owners. But what these color guard spam accounts that I have a problem with are doing is they're taking people's content. They're pretending to tag the creators and alert the creators that their content was shared. And the way they do that is they will steal it from like TikTok and share it on Instagram with the TikTok handle or vice versa. They'll go from Instagram to TikTok and they won't actually tag the, t- the Instagram account. So these people don't necessarily get notified that right. their content is being. And then they have this little thing that's like, oh, if you love Color Guard, click our link in bio. And then you go to their link in bio and it's all this like random Color Guard merch. Okay. And it's just, it's like different sayings we have and different like Color Guard cultural stuff. And it's so, so, so like, I'm literally about to cry right now. It makes me so mad because like, what's going to happen is like grandma is going to be scrolling Instagram and she's going to be like, oh, look, there's a video of Stephanie in her backyard spinning her flag. And oh, there's this link that connects to t-shirts. I'm going to buy her a shirt and I'm going to assume that that shirt is going to support her color guard. And here when you actually trace these accounts and like track through all of their metadata and everything, they're like some random country in Asia that has no color guards or nothing. Oh, wow. Uh, and wow. and I, I don't want to be like pinpointing and saying like, oh, it's only Asia, but that's the only place I've found any of these accounts so far. Um, uh. So if, even if they aren't in Asia, that's where they're getting routed through. So it's like they have nothing to do with color guard. They're just there to make money. They're linked up with other accounts that do like cheer or um not even not even like school stuff like i've seen mom content accounts that do this too these spam accounts and then they like sell t-shirts in between but let me tell you when the moms figure this out a bunch of them jump on these accounts and report them and so that's kind of one of the things i've been trying to motivate people to do in the color guard community is report these accounts that are making money off of other people's content without their knowledge, basically. Yeah, all the things you're talking about, Jackie, is that I feel your pain too, because as 
the podcast artist, I can also relate to this a lot. Uh, fortunately, I haven't seen any of my art stolen yet, but I do know that this is something that does happen in the art community too. So we have some solidarity here about people taking our content and trying to sell it as their own without proper uh, recognition. So I feel you, Jackie. We must protect the art. Okay, okay, okay. I get it. It's time for the news. <laughs> Emily and I are just going to keep pumping each other up here. I guess we got to move on. <laughs> First up, and I hope you enjoyed me using you as an example of spinning your flag in your backyard, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <I'm> always. <laughs> All right. So... Okay, so first up in the news this week is um, there is an article that's going around and the headline says Alabama called out for peak pettiness as schools marching band trolls Michigan with Rose Bowl performance. So basically what happened is uh, you have these two powerhouse college bands. So you have University of Alabama Million Dollar Band and then you have the Michigan Wolverine Marching Band. Both of them, you know, huge huge college bands so at the university of michigan they have mr brightside that they play a lot by the killers um and i think that's kind of that's kind of like uh one of their their trademark like their thing is to play that to play that song well the university of alabama used it in their halftime show um, and so, um, so now there are these uh, Michigan fans. I don't know if they're actually band members, but they're Michigan fans. They're coming out and they're like, "Oh my gosh, they were trying to roast us!" And uh, that's our song. So um, obviously, you all know my kids go to the University of Alabama. They're both in the Million Dollar Band, and so this is kind of what I would say to that: when they put that field show on, um, you know, back. Uh, I think it was actually the end of October, early November. So Alabama does two field shows, kind of one that goes early football season, kind of midway through, and then they switch and they do a second one that takes them through bowl season. Um, and so when they put on that second show that has Mr. Brightside in it, they were ranked number eight in the national, in the college football poll. So the and Michigan was ranked number two. So if you're an Alabama fan, which I am, and someone had said, you're going to play University of Michigan in a bowl game. I would have said, you are absolutely crazy. There is absolutely no way that we will ever make it to the college football playoffs. And I'm like, a, I'm a power fan. Um, and then lo and behold, <laughs> that's what happened. So I don't think, and we talked to Kevin Welburn on, on, a, on a water break. And uh, so, I mean, you know his heart and how, what he's like. Um, but I think in the mind of Alabama, there was absolutely no way that they would ever play Michigan. Um, it just, you know, who jumps six spots? There's so much controversy in them going to the Rose Bowl anyway. But I don't think it was a slam against Michigan. I think it's just a really great tune that they thought they'd play at halftime. And it just so happened they ended up playing at the Rose Bowl. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so that's that's the story. But, um, yeah, so it, I don't think it was a dish at Michigan. I think it's just a really great song. It is. It's good. It's good music. The Killers have some good marching tunes. Man. Yeah. Yeah, they're fantastic. Emily, what you got for us? 
Ah, yes. Up next in news, it's actually about the Style Plus uh, Style Plus company. So there are finally they're having a a new site, which is going to be a warehouse, which used to be a cookie plant. So now they're moving into the old uh, the old building where the Davis Cookie and Co used to be. So I think it's really cool. You get more space for marching band stuff. We love us cookies some and colored uniforms is kind of my favorite. Exactly. <laughs> something sweet and something sweet. There we go. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Like, does this mean I'm going to have to download new shipping maps for all of our sales from Style Plus? <laughs> mm, yep. I bet so. Well, let's uh, change gears back to WGI a little bit because I have our story from WGI about their virtual preview. So, you know, of course, several years ago, uh, when COVID was happening, we ended up with like the virtual season. And now WGI has not completely gotten rid of that. So they've kind of morphed it into this virtual events situation. And so this year they have a virtual preview where you can actually take a video of your show at the beginning of the season and send it into the WGI virtual preview and receive feedback from one of one or more. I don't know if you get feedback from every clinician, but you get feedback from WGI uh, professional clinicians. So uh, if you are a color guard, the clinicians are Becca Anderson from Juxtaposition Winter Guard and the Mandarin's Drum and Bugle Corps, or uh, Daniel Wiles, who is from Avon. He does uh, visual and color guard at Avon. And, And then for percussion, they have Tony Lyman, who is from uh, Crown. He does audio caption for Crown. Uh, Noah Bellamy, who does... There's not just like a list. I have to actually like look at a paragraph to (laughs) to pull people's... Uh, He does a lot of uh, uh, visual programs for multiple different groups. Uh, Plymouth Canton Educational Park and Nation Ford High School. He's also a, um, a judge. Uh, Zach Novicki, he is the associate director of bands at Southgate. Uh, and then LSM Performing Arts, he's director CEO. Stephen Aliyah, I, I don't, I always, I've known him for a long time, actually, and I don't know how to say his last name, Alia, Alia, A-L-I-A. Uh, he's the director for Horizon Winds. He works with LSM. Uh, and then he work, he's a judge and he works with a lot of other different uh, groups across the country as well. So basically, you'll, you send in your uh, show to WGI's virtual preview and they will judge it. They're also, you guys were telling me earlier, they're also doing like virtual solos and stuff too? Yeah, they've done a virtual solo and ensemble for, I believe it actually started COVID year. So this would be the fourth year. Um, and do you, you know, you do your solo, your ensemble, um, wherever. Um, some people do record in a gym. There are people that re- record at like a really beautiful park. Um, it can kind of be from minimalistic to all the way through. Um, and they upload them on Flow, and you can watch them. They do it's a prelims of finals, so you do your prelim performance whenever. It's like uh, January, February, and then um, finals is usually kind of around like that March, April time frame, like late March, April time frame. Um, but I've I've watched the past couple of years. Um, my kids have participated. Um, it's really great, and you actually do get commentary back on Comp Suite. 
And so it's usually, it's one judge, um, but you do get a score. You do get a score sheet and you get the yeah. commentary back on comp suite. So if you have students that haven't done that before, it's a really great thing to take advantage of. It's like 20 bucks. It's, it's really yeah. expensive. We did, actually, we did it in 2022. Well, we did the whole virtual season, obviously in 2021. And then I thought, you know what, let's just enter. Um, we went to one regional in 2022. Um, but I was like, let's just enter one of the virtual ones. And I found it to be very positive too. I think it's, it's a great thing. And like you said, it gives us something else to watch shows that we wouldn't have seen, you know, on flow. There are schools that probably still are a little leery about travel for a multitude of reasons, not Mm -hmm. just COVID, you know, financial things and stuff like that, that this is a really good outlet for them. I found it very positive and, you know, it's great. So anybody who wants to do that, WGI Virtual. Uh, also, CGN, Color Guard, Color Guard Netherlands, does a similar uh, mm-hmm. solo and ensemble competition in the spring, which is kind of, it's kind of like after WGI season ends, you can send in your stuff to Color Guard Netherlands as well. And they're, it's a pretty neat, a pretty neat situation. Stephanie, what's the next one you got for us? All right. So on DCI this week, they put out, um, it was the 12 most viewed videos of 2023. So um, basically, they're just turning back the clock to January of 2023. And they're showing us what their 12 most viewed videos were. And let me tell you, it is a variety of things. So you've got um, like number 11 is how basketball's Bob Knight dribbled into drum corps. (laughs) So um, uh, you've got from that all the way back through to like some show reveals, um, all the way through to like um, 2023 Blue Devils, their encore performance. Um, but if you just have some time to sit down and just kind of watch a couple of videos, this is a really good place to start. Um, or if there's maybe something you missed or you're like, oh, I'm just going to hop on YouTube for a little bit and kill some time, go back to this article and come all the way through because there are some really, there's some really great things in here. Um, so there's like, um, the number 10 is from Boston to the big house and it's a Boston Crusaders trumpet who is also the drum major at Michigan since we were just talking about the Michigan Wolverine band. So you can kind of see kind of the life of, of this kid going from um, a Boston trumpet into his role as the drum major. There is a, a, um, their number nine video. There is a video that is, it's called the next chapter from DCA to DCI all age. And so it's really taking a look. It kind of goes in depth about the DCI cores and and I think kind of what the role is going to be as they change in 2024 um, and then also some marine band stuff I mean it is literally a variety of stuff so tune in and check at that but that it, it's a great list of 12 really quality videos Trish um so what I have is um DCI um just posted on their recently posted on their website the top 10 competitive headlines of 2023 um, most clicked on dci.org headlines. And it is, as you can imagine, very blue devil heavy. Um, I mean, <laughs> after the phenomenal season that they had, uh, yeah. it kind of chronicles, you know, there's, you know, they're, they're climbed to the top. There's a couple of little cool little other, um, entries to that list. Um, one of my personal favorites, Carolina crown, when they made their debut, that got a lot of hits that actually came in at at number eight. Um, but the, the main story is, you know, the blue devils climbed to the top, you know, and how they 
piece together their, you know, historic world championship. And it's just, it's really cool. So um, actually the headline itself on the number one article is actually kind of cool. Blue Devils cut out place in history because their show was the cutouts. So, (laughs) yeah, so that was, that was really well worded. So yeah, if you're a Blue Devils fan, you don't want to miss that list. All right, everyone. Thanks for a great rehearsal this week. Thank you to our hosts, Trish, Stephanie, and Emily. Thank you to Daniel from Forte Athletics. You can follow them at Forte.Athletics. Make sure you go subscribe, write us a review, and share this with a friend. Make sure you follow us on our social media at On a Water Break, and we'll see you at the next rehearsal on a water break. Go practice. On a Water Break podcast was produced by Jeremy Williams and Christine Ream. The intro and outro music was produced by Josh Lida. To learn more, visit lidamusic.com. And until next time, thanks for tuning in.